Are you ready for change? Hit it! That's what I'm talking about! Wait! Okay now, from the beginning. Hit it, boys. You're listening to the Mr. Change Agent Podcast with your host, Ron Ovitt, president and founder of Empower Ministry. He's a recovery coach, he's a pastor, counselor, and author, and uh, talks a lot about emotional relearning. And we've been spending a few days talking about habits, good, bad, and indifferent. We all have habits. We have habits we want to break. There are habits we should add to our lives. And we've been talking about it with Ron here, some interesting, fabulous stories and, and interesting things we're learning to help us be better people and be better at what we want to get done and accomplish and maybe shed some of those habits we really don't want to be in our lives. Today we're going to talk about do's, don'ts, and desires, and that really sounds uh, intriguing, Ron. What do you mean about do's, don'ts, and desires? What are you talking about? Well, I, I have what I call the habit blueprint, and so what we're doing in some of these podcasts is going over the different parts of it. There's six parts to the habit blueprint, and I uh, talk about this in Changing Your Habits. Uh, there's three other parts that I put in Crushing Your Craving. Six parts that have to do with really changing a habit. One of them happens to be do, don'ts, and desires. And what do I mean by that? Well, a lot of times we think of changing habits, we think of what we don't want to do, or we think in terms of what we want to do. And yet one of the biggest key factors is desires. And so what is it that we want to do? What's our do's here? And it it can be quite a few things. So for example, what is it that you want to do? Well, you can say that you want to run 30 minutes a day. Well, it's easy to write down, run 30 minutes a day. And so there you go. But even though that's obvious, that's not going to get you there. Instead, you need to put down a few other things. I need to set my alarm for 6 a.m. I need to go to bed at 10 p.m. I need to get a good pair of shoes. I need to plan a great route. Now, when I started running, I've told this story before, I, I didn't have shoes. I wore my work boots. But I was only planning on running a quarter mile. I already made my route, planned what I was going to do. I was going to leave my house, had a long, long driveway. It was an old farmhouse. And then I'd turn left and go up Copas Road down to a bridge. And then I'd wait there, rest up, and turn around and come back. (laughs) It was only a quarter mile each way, so I I ended up running a half a mile. Well, when you haven't run, I mean, that, that was a good way to start. And so I had to make sure that I went to bed at a certain time and I wanted to do it before I got busy. So I had a certain time I wanted to do it and I had a route planned out. So you ask yourself, what what are the behaviors that you want? You know, what do you need to do to be successful in there? So you write down what's your goal and what do you need to do to be successful? Think about it. Are there meetings you need to go to? Is there something you need to learn? Is there a place you need to be? Is there certain things you have to change in your life? You know, what what do you need to do to be successful in this new habit? And it's sort of like the secondary habits we talked earlier in a broadcast. Uh, you don't only just have the habit. Let's say it's uh, you're eating uh, too many carbs and sugar. Well, that that's nice to say, well, I want to break that. But what other habits do you have associated with that? Who you eat with, where you eat, when you eat it, what you eat, what you're feeling when you eat. I mean, those are all habitual things. Uh, trigger, by definition, is, is in a sense a habit. It's something that excites you and gets you going. So anyways, you want to list down what you want to do. That's important. 
Okay, so you come up with a list. Sometimes that's uh, not hard to do. Uh, we all have things we want to change, so we list them down. Let's talk about the negative side of that. Are there things we don't want to do? Uh, what's that list look like, and how do we develop that? Unfortunately, sometimes that's the more obvious list, I guess, and that's why I like to start with the uh, do's because a lot of times it, it catch all we think is, oh, I just don't have to do that, you know, just don't do it. But a lot of times there's things you have to do, but we have to get real. You know, what what is the goal you want? What do you need to eliminate in order to do it? Let's go back to some of the secondary habits. For example, if you're going home the same route every day and you're really trying to overcome alcoholism and you're used to going to your favorite bar on Friday nights, uh, something you may want to not do is go home that route. You know, we all think how strong we are. And the biggest lie I've ever heard is I'm just going to stop with one. You know, it just doesn't happen. And so we need to be aware of what don't we want to do. What do we want to take out of our life? Uh, What things do I want to stop? I want to stop going by that one place for coffee because they have those donuts I really like. Or I want to stop going grocery shopping without a specific list of what I'm going to buy. And so you want to think about some of the things that you want to stop in order to go on move with your habit. Okay, so we're starting with the things we we want to eliminate, but how does desire fit into this? Is it wrong to have desires to want to be different? Are we fooling ourselves? What, what do you mean by the word desire? I think it's really desire is the key here. I've seen more people not be successful uh, when it comes to changing some habits and addictions because they didn't really plug into what, what it was they really wanted. You know, what was their why? Why am I doing this? Why, why can't I stop? But then what do I want? That desire has to be strong enough that it's able to overcome the parts that are keeping us there. In drug addiction, for example, I don't know of anyone that says, well, gee, I want to live in the streets. You know, I want to go from house to house. I want to uh, run out of money and ruin all my money and alienate my friends and lie to everybody. And all. No one wants that kind of behavior and that kind of life. And yet there's some kind of gain from there. And so a lot of times what happens is it becomes a state of mind. And a state of mind is really hard to break. A lot of times I, when I work with people, it's hard to get them to change because where they were was their normal. And we get used to our normal. You know, you can get used to shoveling manure, right? You know, we, we get used to our normal. And, it, and it's scary to bounce out of our normal. It's scary. I've seen people in horrible situations, and, and yet to change is more scary than staying in it because it's their normal. And so what I do a lot of times is help them picture, what if, what if? and visualize that and start seeing it. You know, the mind, God has given us an incredible imagination. It's probably the, the biggest unused tool we have. He's given it to us, and, and it's, it's a gift. Do you know when you do something, the same part of the brain lights up when you imagine doing it? And so a lot of times I tell people, before you ever attempt it, why don't you visualize doing it? Why don't you start feeling good about doing it? You know, you need to change it. You need to break out of that uh, habitual pattern. You need to break out of that state of mind. And one way to do that is start saying, what would it be like? What would it be like? And, and, and expect your body to react. I often do that when I tell people, you know, what's going on when you think of that? 
Because if the body isn't buying it, it isn't going to happen. Your body will win every time. Because emotions are really sensations. They're in the body. And so you can know a lot of times when you're scared. And so one of the phrases I use all the time is I tell the person, you know, when you feel that strong urge, when when you know that you're going to change and everything in you says, oh, you can't, you can't, don't do it. You just got to say to yourself, I'm not going to die. I'm not going to die because that's what it feels like. When that part of our brain, the striatum, gets uh, triggered and it starts pumping that dopamine, that dopamine is I got to have it, I got to have it, I got to have it. And we really feel like we're going to die if we don't have it. I mean, that's, that's what an alarm does, right? An alarm says danger. And when those alarms go off, when we trigger ourselves, I have found working with people in substance abuse, one of the hardest things to do is to get that person to close every window. And I'm not judging. I'm not judging at all. I I know what fear is like. I know what anxiety is like. And the thought of not having it when they need it the most. See, everyone thinks it's your friend to know this and that. Well, you know, one of the biggest things is that it solves a lot of times that fears that we have. And the thought of being without it scares us in a real primal area. And so we need to be able to fight that. And so desire is real important. You see, there's a difference between excitement and satisfaction. You know, the the old song, I ain't got no satisfaction, right? Well, excitement is a pleasure for a while, but satisfaction comes from intimacy, some of those other things, and, and they're greater rewards if we can let go of the excitement and some of the things that we have. And so I, I ask them to sit down, what is it that you really desire? What's the why? You know, what's your why? Why do you want to do it? What what could benefit if you changed? What are the emotional desires? For example, would it give you peace of mind, personal fulfillment, contentment? What are some of the physical desires? Would it be pleasure of, you know, uh, being back at your natural body size or maybe being pain-free or having more energy? You know, how about the monetary? Are there some monetary rewards uh, that you desire that could happen? Able to provide for your loved ones, ability to make a difference with discretionary income or leaving a legacy because you're consistent in work, you know, you're, you're able to make it. So, and then of course there's spiritual desires as well. You know, enjoying peace, peace of mind. The peace from God, the Bible says, it satisfies, right? And a deep fulfilling spiritually for the purpose that we have in life. One of the greatest things is anytime any of us overcome these obstacles in our life, one of the greatest things is to go out and help others. It's a very satisfying, very rewarding life. And so I have them use the imagination. I call it pre-live. I have them pre-live it and really tap into those desires. And those desires will help them when it comes to the do's and the don'ts. So in other words, you're saying you keep these deep desires, this desire for change, this desire for the new you, whatever the desire might be, mm-hmm. and you keep it in your heart continually. And, and with that in your heart, you recommit yourself to accomplishing this goal that you've made. Is that what you're saying? I, I am, and, and you bring up a good point because you may already have a good desire. For example, the good desire is not to have this pain in my heart anymore. Or the good desire is, I want to be more socially active. And, and so a lot of people use substance for those very reasons. Well, I'm, I'm able to 
be more socially outgoing when I drink, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and it's interesting because there's been uh, tests that they've done at bars where they've taken video. And what the audience doesn't know, the people in the bars, when they order a drink and it's random, half of them are getting non-alcoholic drinks, even though they ordered an alcoholic drink. And the others are getting alcoholic. And yet when you watch the videos, that person that had the non-alcoholic drink is acting the same way they did when they had the alcohol. You see, they've learned to be more socially outgoing. The alcohol isn't helping them anymore. So sometimes the desire is good. I want. I, I don't want to be uh, sad anymore. Well, that's a good desire, but is there a better way? So you might want to tap into that desire that you're using your habit for and say, is there a better way and substitute? Get some help. Get some counseling. It's not a bad desire to not have anxiety all the time. Okay, I'd, I'd like mm-hmm. to break in here. We're, we're out of time for today, but mm-hmm. you, there's a whole series here. If you'll uh, check us out here on the Mr. Change Agent podcast, and I'd advise you to go back and listen to all of these. He talks about so many things. So you're taking habits you have and, and substituting them with different habits, making changes. These are things that people have called us about and, and contact us about, and they're thrilled with this podcast series, and I trust you will be too. Tell others about it, and you you can go find out more information at the Mr. Change Agent YouTube channel. Just go to your computer, go to YouTube, type in Mr. Change Agent, and you'll see a picture of Ron come up. Thump on that picture. Don't thump them too hard, but thump on the picture. Mm-hmm. You'll go right to their page, and there's just a myriad of helpful tools there and videos you can watch. So tell others, like that channel. Uh, by all means, you can uh, go to the website, which is www.empowerforliving.com, www.empowerforliving.com. And they're giving away a free ebook right now talking about these triggers, those things that, that slide us right into perhaps uh, the habits we don't want. Uh, something valuable that you can read and get today for free. That's empowerforliving.com forward slash trigger, and it's yours free of charge. So thank you for listening. Join us the next time on the Mr. Change Agent podcast. <music>